Welcome to the second episode of Platform. Today we're going to be talking to Coco Sanchez. Coco is probably one of the most well-known female bladers that are at the moment. She has been around for years, skated for some of the world's biggest companies, including Razors and Rollerblade. Recently, she got picked up by Conjure, so just wanted to speak to her, find out how she got sponsored by the wheel brand, what's coming up next, if we can expect a pro wheel, or if she's got any other projects coming up. So let's dive right into it. Can you hear me? I can hear you. There she is. I don't think I've ever seen you wearing glasses. I have been wearing glasses because the screen has been in front of my face a lot. <laughs> right, and they okay. help. It helps the blue light, I guess. So David, is that yeah. who I'm talking to? Hi, nice to meet you. I was kind of half expecting to see you pitched outside either a caravan or a camper van or out in the woods or in a mountain or something, because you you seem to be leading quite a nomadic lifestyle at the moment. <laughs> I wish I was in the mountains right now. Um, I had I felt like I had a duty to come back to vote, so I'm okay. back in California. <laughs> that's, that's the only um, but now. Um, and then I have to go and see the gyno, you know, my annual checkup, <laughs> right, okay. women things. Um, say no more, but yeah, <laughs> we don't have to go there, but, um, yeah. So back in California for a little bit. So you said you were in San Diego. You, you haven't always lived there. Have you? No. Um, San Diego came a base, uh, when I started to date Vince. Okay. Vince is from San Diego. Right. Because so. you lived in, was it Long Beach for a while? Yeah, I was in Long Beach for probably 10 years or so. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I've been jumping all over the place for the last 29 years. Fair enough. And San Diego is a beautiful place to be. I'm, I mean, I'm pretty sure California, anywhere along the coast, is you've got summer all year round. So yeah, it's this part of uh, North America is beautiful. Because <laughs> um, in Scotland right now, it's like seven degrees outside and it's October. So yeah, trust me, you're you're better there. Gosh, if I could just handle the cold like you, I would probably stay in Montana. <laughs> it's so cold. It's the same there right now. Okay. Um, and it was beautiful. You mentioned your boyfriend, Vince. He's How long have you guys been going out? Um, about three years now. Okay. Three speedy years, maybe a little more. And is he, am I right in thinking he's like a professional scooter rider or? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes, badass on the scooter. I didn't even know that was a thing until we were doing shows together one summer three years ago. And I was like, whoa, you're on a whole nother level. <laughs> just introduced to this whole new industry that I feel like overnight they're just, you know, massive i'm sure he probably thought the same about you thinking there's professional female rollerbladers what what the hell is going on there i don't know maybe because we've been around you know they really haven't like i would i would argue that they've had just as much exposure or if not more exposure than us over the last 10 years because we've been we've been hiding hard definitely over the last 10 years that's true also like you you should know like you rode for razors for years and they also they have a scooter brand as well as a skate brand so i would have thought you would have had some kind of inclination about what was going on in that in that world well it's interesting because when i was hanging around the razors house in san diego i don't know how long ago that was eight years ago maybe i don't know i'm just throwing that out there um i can remember Andy starting to print like the shoes and over to Elite the scooter brand and all of the backpacks that were for Rollerblade um, and for Razors. He would print Elite on them. And I, I remember there being a lot of animosity and hate, but I kind of just observed and 
I didn't never really like chimed in on it and that was it. <laughs> I just knew, okay. um, I just know Andy was investing in the scootering industry. And I think that's, I didn't know anything about it before. And yeah, that's really it. I remember being at the, at the 99 X games outside of the 99 X games in San Francisco. Um, I had no idea what was going on inside uh, Jaron Grubb killing it, Fabiola killing it. But outside they were selling Razor scooters and my sister, brother and I, we wanted one so badly. And that's all I can remember about Razor scooters. Right, okay. <laughs> it was um, so you skated for Razors for quite a few years then. How, when did you first, how, how long were you riding for them? even remember it's like that time of my life is such a blur it all just kind of blends in with each other and it wasn't anything that was like contract concrete yeah um i don't even know if i remember meeting andy when i first started riding razors i just you know when when jug was a liner and um all of those, what is it, SL boots? Uh, is that yeah. what it's called? Like, yeah, the one after the Genesis, yeah. They um, fit so well. And I don't even know. I think I was in my late teens when I was riding for razors. And it was just like I could get a pair of razors here, I could get a pair there when I needed them. And So you were never like officially like, you know, no. on the team. The it was first, just basically getting free product. Yeah, absolutely. The first official team was Rollerblade. That was very official contract um, income. So it was That's like a the, nine day difference. Right. Obligation that really I didn't fulfill. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask about because the reason I got in contact with you in the first place is obviously because you just got announced on Conjure, but. I wanted to ask about the whole like razors, rollerblade, razors thing because, well, I think most people were under the impression you skated for razors. Then you were announced as one of the pros on rollerblade along with, I think it was like Cameron Talbot at the time. And there was Cameron there was, a, was a probably few right around there. And then you seemed to be on them for a while, but then you were in Barcelona skating razors loca. So I guess the first part was what happened with Rollerblade? Like how, how long did you skate for them and what, yeah, what happened? Here we, okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, this has been something that's been on my mind for so long. And uh, there's a lot of this story that isn't my story to tell. So I have to uh, think about what I say. Okay. Um, but I was on rollerblade. I think I had just signed my sixth year in December. Um, so in January, that was going on to my sixth year. And months going into it, I was already feeling like this isn't where I need to be right now. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I don't know if you read that post when I posted about Conjure on Instagram, but... I uh, have a lot of personal battles that I've been battling that um, I've shut out and didn't know why I shut them out. Um, and I just, now I know that I needed a lot of growth because being involved in the rollerblading industry as one of the only females, uh, a lot of personal things come up. Anyways, so I signed with them in December, not, feeling concrete about it, not feeling sure about it. And I was living out of my car. <laughs> um, I just gotten over a really bad breakup and uh, got the old apartment out of the way and didn't have a place to stay. So I was staying out of my car and I was <laughs> in the, I like gutted out the back of my car and put a bed in there, so. Um, and it was a Subaru Impreza, so it was pretty low, but it was comfortable because I made like a bed. And um, I was just laying in my bed and 
I was thinking you can't stay with rollerblade for the money that you're getting, which is another personal battle with money and being afraid of money my whole life. Um, and you have to do this, you have to cut the tie. And I emailed Tom Heiser and he emailed me back and he said, we've had too long of a relationship. You can't do this over an email because obviously I, you know, my heart was beating. Um, that's weird, you know, like what's the point? Why are you leaving? And I had a long conversation with Tom on the phone and we left on really good terms. I just said that I needed to like find myself basically. I mean, that sounds cliche, but it's totally true. <laughs> we all need to do these things, I think. Um, and so that's that. I stopped writing for Rollerblade on, you know, a contract level and I stopped getting paid. And I still wore Rollerblades. And during this time, I was on my last year of nannying. Um, so when I do shows over the summer, I come home to California and I nanny the same families that I've been with for like the last six years, seven years. And I was in that job and I really wanted a woman's rollerblade. <laughs> I was just affirming it and putting it out there and making sketches and kind of hitting up people that I trust and have been around my life for a while, like Melissa Brown. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar. I think yeah. she actually rides Loca right now. Um, and she brought up Loca to me. She's like, well, have you seen this skate? Andy has put out a skate for girls. And that was the first time that I was aware of Loka, I think it was maybe the end of February. So not very long after I left Rollerblade, maybe going into March. Um, and that was just like in passing, like, oh, okay. So Andy has a skate that I've never seen. Um, but at that, I don't really go on social media too much. Like I'm not scrolling, you know, like yeah, okay. I'm on social media. I post and I'm off because I think it's, very poisonous, but we don't have to go there. <laughs> um, so then I hit Andy up because Vince has been telling me that he wants to start rollerblading. And Vince's birthday was March 10th. And it was that weekend and I hadn't gotten him a, a present. I was like, that's, you know what? Terrible, terrible girlfriend points right there. I think, I'm pretty sure you, you know get deducted what? for that. No, we're on the same page with presents and Christmas okay. and everything. It's, uh, I don't know. Um, like a mess. <laughs> Give me one second. Let me, tea time. Okay. English breakfast. Yum. All right. Okay. So I hit Andy up, emailed him, long time no talk. Do you have any skates lying around uh, size eight? And he did. I think they were just like around the warehouse in San Diego. And I stopped by that weekend going into Vince's birthday, got him some skates. And Andy emailed me after saying, hey, are you still on rollerblade? Um, I said, no. And he said, well, I have something going on. Uh, maybe you'd be interested and come over to my house, you and Vince. And uh, we just started talking about Loka. And he was like, hey, I could send you to Barcelona next month. <laughs> and you'll meet Stephanie, who is in charge of the team. And you'll create stuff, create some magic, and you'll go from there. And that's not how it went. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going to ask because you went over there and nothing came of it. Like there was no. Well, I. Stephanie, you know, Stephanie we... put up a few videos on her YouTube, but it it didn't yeah. look as if Razors ever released anything from your trip being there. And that's, I don't know. That was it. Was so 
this was so heartbreaking for me going in because I was, this was like the first time in my life where I was like, let's band together as women and let's, let's do this with rollerblades on our feet, you know, and create a new direction. Um, and that, that mindset uh, really came from watching the quad community grow okay, in Long yeah. Beach because that was like the boom of roller skating and ramps combined. Um, and I saw it happen and just the, you know, the excitement of being in a community where you're supported. <laughs> it was like, well, that's the answer. We need to just be one and support each other. We're all doing this for the same reason. We love rollerblading. And um, so I went out to Barcelona with this mindset of it's go time. <laughs> and it was really just kind of shot down after the two week mark of being out there. Um, and and what in what sense? And I can't I can't really talk on this much because again I said it's not my story, but Stephanie is a loving being. Uh, we are alike in a lot of ways, and she also has personal battles. That um, it was also her time to get out of Loca. She was not in a good scenario there. Um, and when I got back home, I threw my locas in the trash and everything that had to do with it. Um, point being, I, and then this has been on my mind since I got back. I, I, you know, wrote things up and I deleted it and I just came down to, this is not your story. And that whole trip, it, I like felt like, quitting rollerblading all you know you know what I mean all together I was like okay. this is too heavy um I feel like the dreams are kind of like bashed in uh <laughs> it's really it's really difficult to speak about all I can say truthfully is that being a woman in the rollerblading industry um and caring about what I look like and caring about the clothes I wear and liking fashion and makeup from here, you know, from, from time to time. There's a lot of judgments coming from like the male side. And right. um, that's why I'm where I am today because I'm a girly girl and uh, sex sells and, and I've, <clears throat> taken myself out of rollerblading, I think because of that, the judgments that I've felt um, from close friends, even in the industry. And I've fought hard personally to not feel that way, that, you know, I can wear whatever I want. I can skate however I want. I don't have to um, progress on anybody else's terms, um, but just on my own. Um, so I battled that and I've made a lot of progression and then going out to Barcelona, it was like, this is not the company you want to be writing for. You want to support, um, it's the opposite of what I've been working on personally. It's, it's interesting that you say that because we're not sorry go ahead go ahead sorry cut you off before no, you okay. went i know that a group of girls went out to barcelona to stay at the apartment andy had and film a loca team edit and the loca team edit also didn't come out and i know that yuri Botello was filming it and he ended up quitting razors just after that because he wasn't happy with his situation with the brand but Having spoken to some of the girls that were on that trip, they said they went there with the full intention of, you know, being proactive, being motivated, pro like promoting the skate. And when they got there, 
what was expected of them was a lot different than what they had in mind. Like they were expected to go down the beach and basically like model and be sexy and like, and basically be glorified models with the skate rather than be skaters. And I think a lot of them were really put off by that because that they felt obviously, you know, essentially like being objectified because that's they're skaters they're not yes. they're not catalog models and they don't want to be yes. so is is that you don't have to talk about it if you don't want to but i feel i feel as if that's kind of what you're referencing when you talk about your experience in barcelona as well that's what it felt like um at the end of the trip and coming back to the trip it, um that feeling really resonated and became the truth for me, um, Stephanie, that's why I'm saying, uh, well, one of, one of the avenues of Stephanie and I, we have alike are that we like to dress up, you know, we like to be girly girls. We like to put makeup on our face. Um, so I never felt like Stephanie was ever trying to be like, yeah, we got to go model right now. You know, we'd go skate we got beach, <laughs> you know, um, it was, it wasn't anything like I felt like it was being pushed on me. Mm -hmm. And I understand that sex sells, but I, me personally, I can't be a part of that. And, uh, that's fair enough. <laughs> But people are, you know, there are people out there that that's what they do. You know, I mean, social media, like you'll have, you'll have an Instagram profile. That's this woman's ass. It's all butt pictures and she has millions of followers. You know, is she getting paid? Are there other girls to say, oh, that's really easy to do. Let's do that. <laughs> And yeah, but I think the difference is if, if you're doing it willingly and it's something you want to participate in, that's one thing. But if it's, if it's something you don't want to participate in and you're being actively encouraged to anyway, then that's a different matter altogether. Like if you're attractive and confident enough in your body and that's how you want to make your money, more power to you. But Absolutely. you know, it, it should, it should be Absolutely. your decision at the end of the day. It shouldn't be Oh, you're attractive. Well, you've got to do this. It's not, you know. Right. And by word of mouth and being thrown in to the rise of that skate, that's really the whole meaning behind it. You know, that's how the team is chosen. It doesn't matter about talent looks and it's just it wasn't the right <laughs> it's like let's go girl power and then you're thrown into that and I was just like this is the opposite direction um this is so poisonous I have to get away from here And then the whole race thing broke out and oh, the last two weeks in Barcelona was so gnarly. It was like, get me out of this apartment. And Vince got there. With Stephanie getting fired me. from razors. Yeah. 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 Right. Okay. So gnarly. And then it's even gnarlier now with the whole like race war that our country is going through. <laughs> it's like, yeah, there's a problem. Um, it also just seems like a kind of missed opportunity because there, there are women on that team who can skate and who can deliver good footage. Like just off the top of my head, there's you who has won competitions, who can skate street, who can skate park. You also have Rosie O'Donoghue who has got amazing style, can skate park, can skate street. And it just, the fact that yeah, there's got to be others as well that they just couldn't do something with it. That seems a bit, it seems more of like a failing on their part than a failing on, on you guys. Huge failure. And that's, that's the most disappointing part to me because Andy couldn't see that. 
And it became so fake to me that you don't take women seriously, you know, like for whatever his reasoning is, everybody has, you know, their own mind up here, but it didn't, it didn't resonate well with me it, because I am serious about rollerblading. It's my life. It's been my life since I was a little kid. Um, political or not, life. And it's a joke to Andy. This. Did, did you ever confront him about any of this or say like you don't like the way that you guys are being represented or, you know, ever just seek some kind of answer from him regarding it? No, I didn't. It was more along the lines of when I got back to the States, he said that he wasn't going to focus on the skate anymore on Loka. That was the last I heard about Andy. And I just dropped all contact. Ah, oh, it's really confusing. That, that, that part is really confusing. So a week after Steph got fired, I was on the phone with Andy on the balcony in Barcelona and he offered everything to me, her position. He offered to change the name of the skate to make it look completely different. He said I was perfect for the position um, and this is what he actually needed. And I was really uncomfortable because Stephanie was in the other room. Just yeah, okay. a lot of emotions. Um, and I said, I don't feel comfortable having a conversation here. And I knew deep down that this was not a good look, you know? I mean, Melissa even warned me before I came out to Barcelona, like watch out for Andy. But in all my years of rollerblading and, and even being on razors, Andy never hit on me. I never felt like, oh, he's trying, you know, he has different priorities. I never felt that way. so just went out there like kind of disregarding that and then the longer I was in that condo I realized this is a this is not the person that you want to live your life around you know, I'm very strongly about um, living your life and putting yourself around positive people motivating people loving people and then yeah. Anyways. So wait a minute. Andy was Andy was staying in the apartment with you and Stephanie while you were over. No. 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 Right. No. He he never came to the apartment in the month that I was out there. I don't know okay. where he was in California. Maybe. Um, it was just me and Steph. And Marco came for the last two week or so. I'm not sure. Um. got fired Marco was there so gnarly um <laughs> anyways so I have this offer in my head you know the last week and a half or so and Vince Vince comes from California and he's staying in the apartment he's easing my mind a lot and my girlfriend, who I grew up with in Atlanta, Georgia, went to middle school and high school with, she and her husband flew to Ibiza. Uh, they were just traveling and it was a short flight. So we jumped on a flight and we met them. And I went out there with the, with the mindset, like, I got to get away from this shit. I got to get as far away from Loka, as far away from razors, maybe even rollerblading as I can. And Nabil, her husband, kind of talked me out of it. Like, hey, there's not much going on for rollerblading and there hasn't ever been for you in your career. Like, if you can, you know, revamp it and change the direction, maybe you should look into it, you know? And it was in my mind, you know? I, I considered it. 
And then when I got back home, I texted Andy and I was like, you know what? I'll give it a try. Let's, let's try to do this thing. And that's when he texted me and he was like, we're not going to focus on it anymore. <laughs> and I threw the skates away and I felt like, personally, I felt like he had the last say and I should just stuck to my, my first, you know, instinct of get the fuck away, <laughs> bail. And I didn't do that. And I, you know, I didn't ever like Loka anyways. Like they hurt my feet so bad. Uh, kept complaining to Stephanie, like, yo, these skates suck. They do. They weren't anything like, you know, the Aragon pro skates or, you know, the, the razors that I always wore, they were super flat footed. I felt like I felt everything over cracks and things like that. Um, I put my rollerblades back on. Here we are today. All right. You kind of, you've touched on it a bit with that story basically being about how it feels like opportunities are very limited within rollerblading, but you've also had endorsements outside of skating as well. Like, cause you had, was it, was it leggings companies or something like that? And then there was uh, health supplements as well. You were, did you have some kind of thing going on with that for a while? The only time that I get paid for rollerblading um, is through shows. Okay. So I have a health food sponsor, which is amazing, Garden of Life. Um, and they they give all of their ambassadors like five products a month, which if you bought those, they're expensive products. Yeah. Um, but not a paycheck. Um, and not a paycheck from any of the clothing sponsors. Just... Okay just wear my clothing and strut it. Uh, yeah. So how did you get into doing, you, you've been doing demos with Jaron Grob and well, obviously your boyfriend for, that That must've been years now. Is it? Is it just an every summer thing or every winter or how does, how does that, how did you get started on that? Really nine summers now. Um, it would be 10, but I left one summer. So almost a decade. All right. Okay. That's, that's a lot longer Gnarly. than what it was. Yeah. Okay. I know. Time flies. So you've got to be enjoying but, uh, it to be doing it that oh, long. It's the best be job like ever. Right. Okay. It's the best job ever. So how, how did, <laughs> it's like how, summer camp every summer. Okay. And you make kids really happy. But um, how did that all start? So it's a show company called All Wheel Sports and they do theme park shows and occasionally a corporate, like a corporate show like a weekend or something, but um, it's mainly three to four months during the summer and they'll involve BMXers, scooter riders, gymnasts, dancers. And it's like kind of like a Cirque du Soleil. Right. You know, that's how I explain it to people. Um, and one summer, Right when I was graduating high school, Fallon Heffernan, she broke her wrist, I think. And she was going out to the theme park that I ended up going out to. Um, and she recommended me and sent in a couple videos. And really all you have to skate is Launchbox. They, they want to see some tricks on Launchbox because that's what kind of show demo it is really. Not really a demo. It's a show. Right. Um, and that was it. And got on the same show as Jaren. Had, hadn't seen him in, can't remember when. <laughs> now he's like my brother. Um, and yeah, every, every summer you're just getting together with your family and you're seeing what new uh, things that you can do together. <laughs> right, okay. How, how frequent are the shows? Are you guys doing them like every day or five times, like five days a week? Or how does, how does that work? Some theme parks are five days a week. Some are six days a week and three shows a day, four okay. on the weekends. So it's a toll on your body. Definitely. I was about to say, yeah. How does your body cope with that? Cause if you start to pick up a couple of injuries or whatever, and then they start to kind of add on to each other, you know, after time you're going to be like, this is, this is really starting to yeah wear my body down. Don't get me wrong. I've thought about this and 
Oh, are you there? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. My AirPods aren't dying. Um, yeah, so at the end of every summer, every contract, it's like, I'm done. <laughs> My body's had it. Yeah. I don't know if I could do this year round. I don't know how like people in Cirque du Soleil do it year round. Um, I need change. And also when I'm doing shows, all I'm skating is Launchbox and I, I crave a skate park so badly. I can't wait to get home and skate skate parks. Okay. Um, I was going to ask about that as well, because you used to compete a lot as well and you used to do really well, like even just looking back at like the Supergirl contest and stuff like that, where you came first place. But in recent years, unless I've missed something, you, you don't seem to go to any events. Is that right? Yeah, I don't compete anymore. I don't. I don't like the competition feeling. Um, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't even like being judged anymore. <laughs> and I, I've always kind of like felt like with the women's side of it, it's such a small industry. Like, why are we competing against each other? And I've, run into a couple situations that it's been like competitive you know like not really like get it you know right, okay yeah and that's it's like turns me off a little bit i don't know i just i it's not something that i'm focused on anymore i think maybe it's being too involved in the industry and I get that I'm writing for Conjure brand now, but it's not anything like I'm under contract and Rob doesn't expect anything. He just wants us to go out and skate and do what we've been doing and having fun. And we're on the same page there. And it's just something that I don't really have to like focus on. I think, I think with everything going on in the world, when we focus too much, things become like blurry and negativity has a way of like, you know, finding you. I've always found that the rollerblading industry was kind of negative. It's, it's interesting that you were saying that about like female events because you would consider because the pool of women competing at events is so small. I would have thought there would have been a lot more camaraderie there because they're in a male dominated, well, you are in a male dominated sport and there's such a small amount of people, females competing and competing at a high level. Like you can, you can name the number of like women skating at that level on, you know, 10 fingers basically. Absolutely. So you would, I would have assumed there would have been a lot more each other having, you know, having each other's back, so to speak. So I think the women that have kind of been in the industry, and I, I guess I can't really talk for all of them, but I, I can say it for myself. Like, I don't skate with other girls in San Diego or Long Beach or anywhere in the United States. I only see rollerblades on women when we're at contest. So I, I'm, maybe it's different nowadays, but when I was competing and before, professionals in the industry, Fallon, Katie, uh, Martina. Um, I don't think we're often skating with girls. We have our clique of guys and it's probably a little more territorial when we're all together because you do get, um, you do get complimented more and it, wow good your girl and you know that kind of thing and it yeah. raises your head and gets to your head and ego and um so maybe the threatened feeling but i've always just blocked that out like yo like kill it like because i was always just so nervous to compete myself like it was a it was like a pat on the back and a big hug to get over the heat or the run like yes you did it you did it <laughs> the best that you could and 
that was the most fulfilling part in competitions for me. But, um, you know, jealousy, man, threatened like it, male and female, but, but women are, women can be very, you know, threatened. <laughs> and that's just the truth. And you could feel that. Um, and then, like I was saying earlier, the quad skating just was like, that's not how it is. Like it, it's so much more powerful when we have each other's backs, you know, and we're like, yeah, get that trick or, or don't be afraid because uh, being in a male dominated sport, it's really intimidating. <laughs> Girls have a lot more like psychological issues, I think. <laughs> Um, I, I feel like I can tell the difference when I'm like with a, with a seven or eight year old girl versus a seven, eight year old guy, if I'm a boy, like babysitting or something like their mentality and what they care about. And the boy is just like in his own world and the girl is like starting to care about what she looks like and things like that, like way too early. And so things coming into a male dominated action sports industries like caring about how you look when you fall or if it's you know falling stupid and it's intimidating to be around a bunch of dudes but if you know you come together as women and you have each other's back like your progression is going to skyrocket and it's just going to be more loving and it's fun it's interesting that you say that because you've mentioned a couple of times about feeling personal pressures within bleeding as a result of being a woman or feeling negative aspects within bleeding as a result of being a woman. What do you, what do you mean by that specifically? And what, what can we do to like change that? Like what, cause it feels like, especially in the last couple of years, there's a lot more women participating in role bleeding. And I don't know if that's social media skewing that and making you think more women are participating than they are but just the fact that we've now got female orientated products i don't know if you've seen usd you've got the bladyscape and, yeah, of course um wish frames have also got a bladies frame out now and like women it seems like there's more participants in the female category now than there was before and it seems like the level of skating's like definitely increased a lot more on the female side of blading, especially with skaters like Mary Minoz and Chihiro Azuma and like people like that just absolutely killing it. I was just curious when you've said that you've had basically like personal pressures as a result of being a female skater, I just wondered what you meant by that. Um, the last year, I don't remember if it was the last year. It was the year I was at Winter Clash with Rollerblade and the legging sponsor of mine made uh, Winter Clash leggings for me. Okay. Um, a good friend of mine who I grew up with came up to me and he said, I know what you're doing. <laughs> and it's because like I'm wearing leggings and it, it's a comment like that where I feel very judged for being a woman, you know, just like expressing myself with whatever, just expressing myself, you know? Um, and I don't think nowadays you see that. And it's helped me kind of, you know, be like, yo, I can do what I want, you know, I'm my own person. But honestly, I think it's just been the way I look. <laughs> like nobody expects me to be an aggressive rollerblader. And that's really it. I don't know. I know. I know that there's probably been other women to talk shit and definitely dudes just talking. You know, people like to talk about other people. It's like what people do. So. I don't know. 
Do you feel like that's as a result of blading, or do you think that's just society in general? Because that doesn't seem that doesn't seem like an issue that's just confined to aggressive blading. That seems like something that just happens across the board. That's something that just happens across the board, and that's why I think the time is now for women in action sports um, in anything that uh, we feel this this power. We feel we have personal battles to defeat um, because they don't just go away. Are you still there? Yeah, yeah, I'm listening. I'm just. Uh, I think, I think the AirPods, they're like going do, 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 do. Does that mean they're dying? I do not own AirPods, so I've got no idea. No, Vince is, I don't know either. Um, hopefully, he <laughs> doesn't die on us. <laughs> um, um, but. So, oh, I don't know. What were we talking about? Just like um, society. Being, yeah, you, you mentioned basically being judged on your appearance and people saying things to you at winter yeah, class. Yeah, and that, now that it's like, that's just like, that's just like one thing, you know, yeah. that's, it's one thing out of a bunch of things. And um, it's reading the internet when I shouldn't have been reading the internet. Um, and trolls on the internet. Um, but now it's totally different. I mean, here in San Diego, you go to a skate park and there's so many women skateboarders, you know, and they're in short little shorts or, you know, just a sports bra and they're just doing their thing, you know. But five, seven plus years ago, I feel like it's, that's like a, it's like a talking topic. <laughs> and it just like made, it made me like overthink a lot of things and it's just stupid. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. Um, you mentioned Conjure and getting on that team. Basically, as soon as I saw that announcement, I was ridiculously excited because you've never had a section ever you've had competition footage you've had like online you've had you know clips in like eric rodriguez edits things like that i was really excited thinking god maybe she'll get a pro wheel maybe we'll see maybe we'll see like a promo edit from it but from what maybe. you're what you're saying it sounds like the deal that you've got with them is a very kind of casual thing where he just wants to support you yeah yeah um that's it i honestly deep down don't know if i want to focus on rollerblading industry um what i'm doing is living in a little trailer figuring that life out with vince and traveling as much as we can uh, meeting new people, meeting new kids, and you know, just spreading love <laughs> during these times, especially. And that's really the focus. Like, you know, it's kind of like it's just I'm doing it with rollerblades, so <laughs> okay, people feeling connected. You know, you could be there and you can, you can watch the journey, but I feel more comfortable staying on the outside right, right now. So it's, it's a conscious decision to like separate yourself from the rest of the industry. Absolutely. And it's been happening for about five or so years, no longer, all through my 20s kind of, but now I know that it is conscious. How, how old are you now? 29. 29 oh, see you're still in your 20s that's still that's young still young um because you've got like you've got a sizable following on social media like you've got on instagram you've got like more followers than most sponsored pro skaters with pro skates so have you ever had have any other brands ever approached you or like tried based on that because it, it seems like that's something that companies would be interested in or have you just chosen rollerblading brands just brands in general like I, I 
be quite surprised if after things ended with razors and rollerblade, other brands inside and outside rollerblading hadn't got in touch to try and work with you. Um, You're like, no, no one did. <laughs> I mean, it's so weird with social media because you always have, you just, you have people hitting you up all the time, like wanting you to represent because of your following. And I mean, but not actually backing it up with anything that would benefit you. I mean, no, not really. Like I, I just didn't think that it was time. I, it's, I still have to like work on myself um, before working like close like that with another brand. But okay. with Conjure, I just feel like it's a different relationship over the year getting to know Rob here and there and the feeling of the wheels. They're the best wheels that I've ever had on. And maybe that's just 20 years of rollerblading now. And I feel very secure and comfortable, um, but I love them. And I love what Rob stands for and Conjure stands for. And I think we really kind of mesh well. Um, but I feel kind of like he feels, Rob feels the same way that like, let's not overthink any of this and just go skate and have fun. And that's, that's all I think it should be. We get so serious and Conjure seems like, even though he's a businessman, <laughs> um, let's not be so serious kind of thing. Well, I mean, one of their writers dresses up as Shredpool, so obviously they don't take themselves too seriously. I mean, you know. Exactly, exactly. That's the first thing I saw of Conjure. I was like, all right, what's his school brand? Okay. I don't know what it is, but this guy's killing it. <laughs> so if, if another brand heard this and listened to your concerns or issues that you've had in the past and approached you with something that you felt represented you fairly or you were given the freedom to kind of be yourself and portray yourself how you like as a skater and not how they want you to be, is that something you'd be open to? Like, do you think you'd be willing to work with other brands in the future or? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's all about, it's all about how you vibe with, you know, with the partner or this new relationship. Um, uh, for me, and I just feel like you have to get to know somebody before you jump into it. And with rollerblade, it's rollerblade. It's definitely more personal, and uh, we probably don't have enough time to talk about all of that. But it's rollerblade is like rooted to me in a different way, and uh, I love rollerblade. I love their skates. They're my favorite skates ever. <laughs> Well, you're still riding them now, which is why I was kind of, at first I was like, is she back skating for them or what's happening? Or But you just, no, they're amazing. just riding they're the amazing. skates. We connect well with each other. Um, it just wasn't the right time for me. Um, do I see myself riding for Rollerblade in the future? Um, if it would work out, yeah, I would totally. Um, but... I think we both have to be on the same page and if they support how I feel or if anybody else supports how I feel that I kind of just want to be not as involved, but at the same time, you're so involved because of social media. Yeah. You know, that's the game. Um, and cool. All right. Okay. So, it seems like you and your partner are just basically going on adventures all the time, hitting up all these skate parks. You know, it look. It, are you doing like? It kind of looks like you're doing classes with kids as well. Is that, or am I just reading too much no, into that? Not or really, it? not yet. Um, we've been talking about that, you know, for future, um, I don't know, just future ideas or plans. But 
we just go to a skate park and we stay we've for the last six months it's been we've been at a new skate park for about a week we get to know the skate park we get to know the locals and we build relationships and everybody's so juiced they're excited to be in a youtube video (laughs) and uh they're sending it and they're trying new things and just like motivation full circle. It's man, it's fulfilling. It's beautiful. It's funny. (laughs) Such a fun way to live. Yeah. uh, Every time I just want to keep on, keep on going. Sounds good. Yeah. I was just, cause whenever I see you post videos on your social media, there's always just a ton of kids around you and it looks like you guys are just like herding them around or something. Like they're just like <laughs> following you. Um, it's so funny what you say about kids with like YouTube. They are every time we go anywhere to film and there's kids around, they're like, what's your YouTube channel? What's your, and you, yeah. Like, yeah. And they're just desperate they're, to know. And yeah, that is quite They're funny. so involved. They're so involved and it's not all easy. Like Vince battles that like he, uh, it's on another cause most of the kids we, we see and meet they're on scooters. So they're just like, do a backflip. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you can do one of those. So you're right. Yeah. You can. Yeah. You've got <laughs> that nailed. They don't give up though. You know, they're kids and kids take a lot of patience, but luckily I've been nannying for <laughs> six years now. So I feel like I have a lot of patience with them and it's work. It's work, but it's fun. So does he, is he like a well-known scooter rider? Like do kids recognize him when he goes to skate parks and are like, Oh, you're that guy. And are yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, he has three or four pro decks. Um, okay. He's, oh, I can't really say that yet, but um, yeah. <laughs> You're like, I'm about to give away some future information. <laughs> I'm just going to stop talking. Stop story. <laughs> right, okay. But yeah, uh, he's a pretty well-known. All right, okay. Um, one thing I can't get out of my head, at the start of this, you said that you were living in your car for a while, but was that was that through choice or because you had nowhere else to go because i know that you obviously have like you have a brother and a sister right and your family do they live in california or i'm just i'm just curious as to how you ended up as i have family here um the last summer that i did all wheels um i had an apartment in long beach and okay. i was in san jose so which is like five hours from long beach right and um i didn't want to get an apartment in san jose and pay for my apartment in long beach i would would break even you know i wouldn't make any money and i was like i'm gonna send it in my car all summer right so it was like a tactical choice right okay cool. it was fine and then when i got back and it was a really hectic heavy breakup uh the, i just needed this uh, this last apartment to get out of my life and because i lived in the car all summer after you know going into the holidays that year um and being done with the apartment i was just i'm gonna do it in the car and not spend any more money and save my money and I can't get anywhere with paying rent and this car bill and all the other bills. What are we all doing? This is stupid. (laughs) Staying in my car and everybody around me in my circle was like, you're ridiculous. It's not cool to live in your car. I wasn't trying to be cool. (laughs) I was trying to save money. So you didn't have any friends or anything like local you could stay with or. Well, I have two cats and uh they were my cats at the time were staying with the family that i had been with working for okay beautiful family um no i just all personal all personal like i can do this um why can't we live in our car what's the big deal i shower at the gym um you know it's ten dollars a month and you can do it and you don't have to be considered homeless or whatever 
other judgments are thrown on there. Um, it's got to take it a lot. Of, yeah, like, and it's got to be kind of intimidating doing that because even I don't know, even like if I was to do it, I would feel pretty vulnerable being in a car or sleeping in a car. I don't think I'd be able to get to sleep at night because I'd just be. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be able to, I don't know, switch my mind off. For a young woman, that's... It's an adjustment. Okay. It's an adjustment. And you have to build the car around it, you know, every every window. I had window covers. Sorry, I have to let the dog out. Go ahead, Stel. You're free. Um, yeah, window covers, things like that, just to make you feel secure and safe. Okay. Um, and... There's a lot of thought that goes into it, making sure that, you know, when you get in the car at the end of the night, um, it doesn't look like you're sleeping in your car. You don't want people to start catching on, uh, moving around to different spots all the time. I mean, it keeps you like just focused on the now really and what you, what you got to (laughs) do. Just being very yeah strategic about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a lot comes with that, but it's exciting. And uh, the the fear of it all, the fear of, I mean, somebody asked me, how do you live in a trailer? Aren't you scared every night? That that all goes away. You know, you, you battle these things that we're afraid of, and then you figure out how to get through them, and then you feel empowered. Okay. And so you, you and your partner are living in a trailer right now, as in like a as in one that you can drive around or one that stays in the same kind of like place or how does it work? Yeah, we tow it with uh, our Ford Edge. It's like a 13 foot trailer, super small. Okay. It has a stove. It has a fridge, um, the bed. Um, and yeah, we, we can tow it wherever we want. We find a place that is uh, fitting, suitable, We'll drop the trailer and you know unhitch it, and then we'll take the car wherever we need to go: skate park, groceries. Um, and yeah, you've got to have picked up some serious camping skills over those years, then, because that's like you're just going to develop all these ridiculous life skills that most people just do not know. Like, I do not know how to hitch or unhitch. Uh, yeah, like, <laughs> I know. Like I, I know, I would not know the like if someone was, like sat that in front of me and went right, you know, get to work. I'd be like, I don't know. I'd be straight on YouTube. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's kind of how we uh, YouTube is like your best friend. There, you learn a <laughs> lot. You can learn so much through it. But we felt the same way. You know, we were so nervous when we first got it. Like, how do we do this? I was thinking about it going into it. Like, shit, I don't know anything about how to get this thing on the car right now. <laughs> we the person that sold it to us helped us and there's a it's a huge learning curve and it's in the best way i can imagine yeah we'd be throwing knives at trees trying to be ninjas you know like (laughs) (laughs) all right okay so you're back in california to vote what are your what are your plans after that like what are you what have you got going on for the rest of the year or have you got any plans for next year? Like what's, what's the future looking like? You know, our thing is really, we're trying to stay away from plan making. Um, rough draft. I think we're just going to stay posted in the San Diego area, maybe travel to Arizona, some indoor skate parks there, but uh, for the next couple months through the holidays because our family's here okay we'll just we'll just stay here stay local and um, do what we've been doing in all the other states hit up the skate parks in san diego you know kind of show our followers like this far what we got going in san diego cool things to do here and um just keep staying on that role of of skating, editing, skating, editing until the weather starts getting nicer in other parts of the country and then we'll bail again. All right. So just more traveling and creating more content. Yeah. I absolutely. think that, that's hey, that seems like a, a pretty good plan. I can think of yeah. worse ways to live. 
<laughs> yeah, it's a it's a beautiful way. I mean, it's not all perfect and social media and that whole this whole new life that we're living is a is a battle in itself, but it's worth it. It's worth it if you find like a meaningful direction. It's worth it to me. Well, if it makes you happy and yeah, you guys are enjoying it, then what else, what else does it need to achieve? Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I've interrogated you for over an hour. You answered way more questions than I originally had because you tapped on subjects that, yeah, I didn't think we were going to be getting onto. So, and I know it's just the start of your day. I've been thinking about this for a while now, you and this screen and this conversation, and it was a, difficult place where I had to breathe a lot and calm myself down beforehand. Um, so, uh, thank you for listening. And you seem like a really grounded person and you're easy to talk to. Oh, so I'm just you made glad, it a lot easier. I'm just glad you chose <laughs> to share the story with us because yeah, I was, as soon as we decided to start the podcast, I was like, we have to have female guests on it as well. It can't just be guy a guy perspective all the time because oh, yeah. I, despite the fact there are more and more skaters emerging who are female it still very much seems like the the general perception is it's just a male sport or mm-hmm. it, it everything that just comes from the male perspective so yeah the idea is to just as frequently as possible get a woman's opinion on it and how they view the industry or if they view it differently or how their experience is different from a guy's because of course it's going to be different from a guy's because you mentioned it yourself at winter class you get things said to you that no guy would ever get said to them and Mm -hmm. that's why those things have to be brought up and discussed or brought to the forefront because if they're not mentioned how can we ever do anything about them no it's uh it's necessary it's beautiful and the most important part is to go into listening to these discussions with an open mind instead of coming right off with judgment or anything, you know? So to listeners out there, just keep an open mind to everything that's happening in the world. Yeah. I think it'll be easier to digest. I think that's a good sentiment to leave on. And it's the start of your day and almost the end of mine. So thank you very much for getting up early and doing this with us. And it was very nice to speak to you today. It was nice to speak to you too. I hope you have a good night. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks.